Welcome to Moving Forward. I'm your host, Lynn Swanner. On this podcast, I'll interview forward-thinking Christian school leaders and educators on best practice, innovative approaches, and new opportunities in Christian education. Today, my guest is Dr. Jay Ferguson, who is the head of school at Grace Community School in Tyler, Texas. He practiced law for 10 years and in 2002 joined Grace as development director before assuming the head role in 2003. He's written extensively on Christian education and training children, including his weekly blog, The Head and the Heart. Today, he joins me to talk about the joint Barna and ACSI research report entitled Multiple Choice, How Parents Sort Education Options in a Changing Market, which came out in 2017. Our conversation covers the needs of today's parents, the way they make education choices, and the implications of those for the Christian school. Hi, Jay. Thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks, Lynn. It's great to be here. Thanks for carving out some time to talk about the Joint Barna and ACSI Research Report. And, and thanks also for all the work you've done in your two ACSI blog posts and in various presentations about that research. Can we start with your sharing, really as a head of school, some of the most important insights that you took away from that report? Well, you know, I think on the macro level, there were really two important insights. First, I think how we deal with the local church as Christian schools uh, confirmed what most already know. You know, no, most pastors and churches are really not terribly supportive of Christian schooling. I, we saw in the report 53% of pastors ever recommended Christian schools to congregants. And, and that number was even smaller. It was 29% of mainline pastors and only 4% of those who haven't recommended Christian schools are very likely to do so in the future. So that's a really small number. And I think why that is, maybe some perceived competition among their congregants with public schools, that might be a reason. Maybe they just don't understand Christian schools, what they're about and what their ministry is. Quite frankly, some of it may just be bad Christian school experiences, you know, even with Christian school experiences that they had or that their children had or that they've heard of, or even that they somehow see them as competition, you know, as youth ministry programs or what have you, see them as competition. And I think what that shows me is we just need to do a better job of educating pastors and churches on the value of Christian schooling. You know, the study itself, the Barna study shows that among Christian parents in Christian schooling, 91% of those parents believe that the Christian schools are building Christian character in their kids, um, and that's why they're there. 94% believe that it's contributing to Christian formation. You know, you couple that with the CARTA study that shows that alums are more likely to be involved in church community and local community giving to church, praying together as a family. In short, you know, really those things that constitute becoming great church members. So this is an opportunity to communicate to pastors, hey, Christian schooling is really a bed of growth for your future congregants, really great future congregants. And there's an opportunity for support there, um, not necessarily getting up from the pulpit and preaching Christian schooling, although that would be great. But when you're asked, keep Christian schooling at the front of your mind as an opportunity for prospective parents 
A second insight that jumped out at me, and I think we'll talk about this later, is the whole idea of millennial parents. You know, the oldest millennials, kids, are now in our kindergartens and first grades. What we see among millennials is that fewer are identifying as Christian. They're more culturally diverse than in past generations. In fact, I saw a Pew Research report that said that four in 10 that are married among millennials are involved in cross-cultural marriages. That's just an amazing number to me. They have a low, tend to have a lower average household income than previous generations. I think averaging 75,000 per year for ACSI school families, the Barna study showed, and 60,000 a year for prospective families. And they're more likely than in past generations to be influenced by their own parents and their pastors in schooling decisions. They're more likely to consider homeschooling an option. And they're more school savvy because their own parents shop them around from school to school when they were going through school themselves. So we really need to understand these millennial parents, why and how they make school decisions and how to communicate our ministry and what we do to these young families. It's just absolutely crucial because they are the wave of the future. So when you were looking at these insights and when some of these sort of popped out at you as a school leader, did you feel that they really rang true in terms of your own experiences? Absolutely. I'll give, in fact, I'll give you an example. Um, one of the, the primary findings of the study is that the most important priority for Christian school parents, whether it's current parents or prospective parents, was safety. And, you know, I see that in my school daily, and it's even more so uh, with the uptick of school shootings this year, especially this spring and even recently the Santa Fe shooting right down the road from me. So it's so important to communicate how we as Christian schools are physically safe and how we take steps to promote the physical safety of students, but also emotional and spiritual safety is so important. And that was highlighted in the study as well. And that's something that really, really jumped out at me. You know, emotional and spiritual safety leads to the flourishing of students and teachers. I just finished my dissertation, I think you know, and one of the things that popped up in the study is that if you can create an emotional and spiritually safe environment, kids are more likely to take academic risks. They're more likely to ask questions of their teachers. They're more likely to uh, work harder. It just creates a medium for flourishing. And that's something that we really need to highlight and focus as an aspect of Christian schools. It's really important. And I'm not suggesting creating these safe zones, you know, creating snowflake kids or teaching kids, not teaching kids to be resilient, because it's important to understand hard work and focused effort but we have to create a safe culture and climate. And it's even more important today to communicate that to parents, both current school parents and prospective school parents. And that was something that really jumped out at me in the study. And there's all kinds of insights like that in the study that I think were really relevant and really on point to what I've seen. Yeah, along those lines, I think for many Christian school educators today, the sentiment can sometimes be that the, the sky's falling. There's this sense that the world is changing rapidly, that maybe we don't recognize or understand how it's changing. 
And I think sometimes it can be tempting to think of it only in negative terms. But in your second blog post for ACSI, you talk not just about pitfalls, but also promises that you saw in the research related to millennials thinking about them as parents. Can you talk about some of those promises that you saw? Yeah, and you're absolutely right, Lynn. You know, there's, a, there's this um, tendency to fear millennials, uh, I think, for school people and really Christians in general, um, just because of all the statistics that show there's a larger number of millennials who are religiously unaffiliated. But David Kinneman, the, the head of Barna, observes that most young Christians are really struggling less with their faith in Christ than with their church experience, meaning that they still care about Jesus. They're still passionate for Christ, committed and ready to engage the world for the gospel, but they've been burned or they've become otherwise disenchanted with their church experience. They're still looking for this meaningful, this authentic community, both for themselves and their children. You've seen this group as a very tribal culture, whether it's through social media, finding affinity groups or the like, it's evident there. And it makes sense because they're made in the image of God who exists in perfect community as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're designed to create community. So there's real opportunity there for Christian schools to create community, authentic community that draws them in to our schools and ultimately, hopefully, leads them back to church. And what we also see is that even though the number of Christians overall in the U.S. seems to be shrinking, one group seems to be growing slightly, evangelical Protestants. And Barna notes that this overall trend is consistent among millennials in that they seem to be shrinking at a lower rate than mainline Christians. And so there's also this likelihood of millennials to be more likely than previous generations to have had Christian schooling in their own backgrounds, together with other types of education. As many as eight out of 20 children in a classroom are going to have at least one parent who attended Christian school, which is more than I've ever had in my classes before. Assuming that their past experiences were positive experiences, that's more likely to positively affect young parents' educational decisions. Even though you've got fewer millennials identifying as Christians, those who do describe their faith and their values as the most important indicator of the schools they choose for their children. And they are more likely to choose a Christian school if such schooling is in their background. And Christian schooling is more likely to be in their background than in any previous generation. And so I think these tendencies, coupled with the younger parents' desire for authentic biblical community, really creates opportunities for Christian schools. One more thing that I think is really important is that millennial parents have the potential to just make us better schools from a holistic gospel-centered perspective. Because those who will come will want a deeper faith experience, we're going to have to think more deeply about what it means to educate Christianly, discipling kids through education, and describing, making the value proposition for what and why we do. And also because they're more school savvy, willing to shop around, they won't be satisfied with academic mediocrity. They're going to force us to excel in order to survive, which we should be doing as an act of worship to the Lord anyway. Because they're more diverse, they're going to 
cause us to think more intentionally and work more intentionally towards diversity. And because of their income levels, they're also going to force us to be more efficient and affordable. I think all of these things are going to make us better, more gospel-focused schools for those schools who are willing and are going to take the time to become better schools. And if you're not, then you're probably not going to be around. So it sounds like in a lot of ways, millennials are going to force the Christian school to transform in some pretty significant ways. Significant in great directions. Right, right. Transitioning to the practical side, how did you utilize this report? You know, as a school leader, did the insights from the report change what you did as a leader or did it change things that you do at the school as a result? Yeah, you know, they, they really have and they've, they really contributed to something that we've been undergoing over the past couple of years. You know, God's been in the process of giving our school a vision over the past year or so to really be more inclusive of the entire body of Christ, you know, to love and to serve as many of all of the kids and families that Jesus loves as God's going to give us the capacity and ability to do. So really, just metaphorically, what I like to say is, you know, the study acted as a tile in a mosaic that helped us paint this picture, this vision that God gave us. You know, it helped us pull the trigger on several things like hiring a director of diversity. You know, we've been for years, the past several years, we've really felt like God is calling us to be more inclusive, more open in our traditionally, quite frankly, fairly homogenous community down here in the South. And we've been praying and hoping um, desperately that God would help us grow. But we realized that we needed somebody to own this crucial part of what we do as a school. You know, our community, particularly the Hispanic population, is growing. And we want to really understand and serve that community better. And so we really have to have somebody to, help, to really own that process or else something always crowds it out in terms of urgency. And so that's been a key finding, just the, the need to have more of a focus on diversity with this millennial population that's coming up among our school families. Another area is this ministry to the homeschool community, this millennial finding that millennial parents are more likely to homeschool their family. We've, for a long time, we've been looking for a way to minister to the homeschool community. And this year, we've piloted what's known as Grace Community Classical School. It's a school within a school ministering to the homeschool community. Two times a week, the kids come up to school, and three times a week, they're uh, schooled at home with curriculum and materials that we provide. So we've got 15 kids this past year uh, in our pilot, and we're going to continue on next year and hope for 30. And this study really helped us understand the trends that helped fuel some of these initiatives that are leading to the vision of our school. So it's been a really helpful tool in that regard. So as I travel around to different Christian schools, I'll always mention the Barna ACSI report. And most of the time people there will say, yes, they've seen it, but maybe they've just perused it or they haven't really strategized as to how to use it. So are there any maybe first steps that you'd recommend for school leaders? So this is for folks who have seen it or after listening to this podcast, maybe they're going to go and download it and we'll provide the link in the podcast notes. 
but what are some of the first steps that you'd suggest for them to begin to work with this in some meaningful ways? Well, you know, Lynn, it's always so easy to just take a study, to read it, to put it on a shelf and let it sit there. And we do that all the time because the amount of information that comes to us is just so voluminous. But I really think this is one of those things that because of its specificity to Christian schools, because of the reliability of Barna research and uh, the good folks at ACSI, I think it's really important for us to focus on this. So what I would suggest is just, first of all, reading the study, you know, there's some monographs uh, written by school heads. It's also annotated by other heads of school. So there's some insights in there already by people who do what we do. And so, first of all, read and consider the study, read and consider the monographs, read and consider the annotations, and then give it out to your leadership team. Whoever that leadership team is, get them to read it as well. And then be disciplined enough to designate a half a day offsite to talking about what that study means for your school, maybe doing some strategizing, um, on that day based upon how can we implement some things utilizing the findings from this study. There's one monograph in the study written by ACSI board chair Tim Greener that describes that very process, the process that his school went through, which could be tremendously helpful for school heads and school leaders in discussing and thinking about how to implement the study. Your takeaways are not going to be our takeaways. God's going to reveal different things in the context of each person's school, but it is powerful research and we shouldn't ignore it or we shouldn't read it and say, hmm, that was interesting, and then put it on the shelf because it really can make us a better school. And I think if we ignore some of these things, we really do so to our peril. Yeah. Do you think that it would be beneficial also for school boards to take a look at it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know school boards are just like everybody else. They have limited amounts of time. And if you just hand this study to your school board and say, hey, everybody read this and get back to me and we'll discuss it. The likelihood of that happening, I know, is slim. But one thing that can be done is putting together kind of a presentation for your school board based upon the main findings of the study and then presenting that to them and talking through that kind of a presentation, I think would really be helpful, maybe even after a conversation with your leadership team. So you can have some kind of takeaways in your hip pocket to kind of prompt discussion among your school board that could even be the basis for some strategic planning and some strategic initiatives down the road to help your school board own this process. There's some huge opportunities for some deep strategic planning over the next decade, as evident by some of the things that we've talked about in the uh, discussion regarding millennial parents. Well, Jay, thanks so much for being with me today. And thanks too for blessing our school leaders and teachers, not just with this podcast and your blog posts, but really all that you do for the movement. So thanks so much again. You bet. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. And for our listeners, thanks for joining us today as well. Please be sure to check the notes on this podcast for additional resources and references related to today's conversation. Podcast notes can always be found on the ACSI blog at blog.acsi.org. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the blog again at blog.acsi.org, or you can also subscribe on iTunes. While you're there, rate or review the show and spread the word on social media. Thanks for all that you do to move Christian education forward. 